Happy holidays, everybody. Ryland Turner here from Wednesday Night Wallop, and I am bringing to you a special early Christmas present. I have Mad Dog Mick Hawley returning to the network once again. Mick, how are you? Not too bad, big guy. How's it going on this lovely snowy day? Yes, uh, Napanee and the surrounding area has finally received the snowfall that Christmas is all about. So we are we are knee deep in well I say knee deep but we don't live in Winnipeg so we are ankle deep in snow right now. Uh, but last night you and I well I guess it's this morning for you but we tuned into Ring of Honor's uh, final showing of the year in 2022 final battle, uh, and that's what we're going to talk about today. Uh, this is this is just a nice little bonus show for everybody for being uh, loyal listeners and Mick this is kind of your gift to the Wednesday Night Walt family. <laughs> uh, no returns. A strict no return, no refund policy. <laughs> you know what? I will say, um, I have watched all of Ring of Honor's offerings once. Uh, this is the second time me and you have actually checked out a Ring of Honor offering this year. Uh, yeah. They've done three pay-per-views since Tony Khan has taken over, and I feel like all of them have been pretty good. We tried to do an episode uh, based on one of them. It just unfortunately did not happen um based on the uh, the equipment that we had at the time yeah. but we are doing it here you are hearing our voices as loud as possible and uh, mick let's not hesitate let's get right into it uh i watched this entire program i watched the pre-show i saw everything uh so i i'm assuming you did not or did you check into the pre-show i did not see the pre-show no i just went okay. right into the main card so when uh, a couple of the promos uh, throughout the night uh specifically involving the jericho society uh, i was like what is going on here and i had to realize that oh it happened before okay okay makes sense uh well then i'll quickly go through the zero hour uh jeff cobb defeated mascara dorada who in wwe was known as uh the king of the ropes the king of the ropes oh uh uh oh shit ah <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh let's say not not let's say dorado um Grand Metalik. Grand Metalik, yes. Uh, this was a tremendous match. I thought Jeff Cobb looked great, as he always does. This is a guy who, for the size that he is, man, this guy can move quick. And, of course, Mascara Dorada, we all know that he was insanely talented and insanely underutilized in WWE. Uh, I thought these guys had a great match. It wasn't very long, but uh, Jeff Cobb did go over with the Tour of the Islands. Or I believe he's changed the name of it to Aloha Means Goodbye. <laughs> I like it much better than some of the other name changes I noted throughout the, uh, <laughs> the card. Uh, up next was Angelo Parker and Matt Menard uh, going over cheeseburger and Eli is some, uh, I can't remember what, what their tag team name was, but uh, this was another, this was kind of like a, a pretty short match. You got cheeseburgers, a guy who I've seen live and while he is entertaining in, in some, some regards, he's also, um, just not somebody who I feel like I'd ever fully get behind just based on the size of him. But at this point, he's a veteran. He knows what he's doing in there. And Angelo Parker and Matt Menard, I've always been very high on. So these are two guys that I can trust. And uh, Eli Isom, every opportunity I've seen this guy wrestle, he's getting better and better. So uh, I thought this was a good tag match. Again, wasn't very long, probably just over five minutes. Um, so there was that. Willow, Nightingale, Willow Nightingale uh, defeated Trisha Dora in, which was, I think, the second best women's match on the card. Uh, I thought this was a really, really good match. Willow Nightingale is absolutely phenomenal. There was absolutely, only there was only two women's matches on the card, though, wasn't there? That's a good point. That's a good point. <laughs> <laughs> 
but you know what though? High praise for both of them. I thought both women's matches delivered in a way that when we were watching um, the last show that we did, uh, which is it's escaping my mind right now, uh, War Games. Uh, while the women's War Games match was good, we also had that fumbly Ronda Rousey match. Oh god. Uh, and yeah, I, I again, I um, I thought that these two women really showed out. Trisha Dora is absolutely phenomenal as a technical wrestler. So I really hope to see a lot more from her in the new year um, because I thought that she looked great. And of course, Willow is the bubbly, amazing personality that she is. And I think that she is just absolutely phenomenal. The crowd loves her too. So there was that. Um, just give me a quick second to pull up the rest of the card. I, I just want to get the Wikipedia so I can get the match times. Um, I thought that uh, speaking of match times, just like while you're quickly bringing that up, I actually thought the uh, the women's championship match was was over really fast. It was. It was. It. Well, let's get the actual match time. Well, actually, you know what? Let's let's wait for that to get into the match time of that. But Willow, Willow Nightingale and, and Trisha Dora went six minutes, and it was really good. T- six minutes. The final match on the zero hour was top flight Dante Martin and Darius Martin going over the kingdom of Matt Taven. Matt Taven and Mike Bennett with Maria, of course, on the corner. This match just went over 11 minutes, and it was, again, top flight looks great. Uh, unfortunately, Dante Martin, he missed a few of the spots uh, that I think he really, want, really wanted to show up with, but I thought his brother Darius had a really good showing for a guy they're, who's... Oh, they're sorry. both really... Sorry, they're they're both really, really good, man. Like, I mean, I've uh, I've given Dante shit in the past here, just most, I think, just because he's a young guy, but the kid is so fucking athletic, and uh, as he proved in one of the promos, uh, I guess it was after after the first few matches of the main card, Dante can fucking talk, man. Like, the kid has got... He is a super talent on the up-and-coming rise. I think if uh, if he gets a little <laughs> more... Uh, it doesn't doesn't get into so much shitty luck with some of his uh, some of his injuries or uh, his brother's injuries. If if he gets a really solid push, uh, Dante's uh, I think he, the kid's going to be a star, man. This is not something you'll ever hear come out of my mouth very often. But Dante Martin's biggest problem is he does need to slow down a little. He is a phenomenal high flyer. This is a guy who Jim Cornette praises. And how often do we say that about high flyers? Oh yeah, and Corny fucking hates that stuff because it's it's you know not his ring. But I totally agree. Uh, I think if he slowed down, maybe didn't try to fit as many uh, as many like super high spots in a match as he possibly can. I would love to see Dante uh, wrestle uh, either uh, uh, Ricochet or Will Osprey. I think those would be some pretty crazy athletic flying high flying matches. Absolutely. Uh, getting out of the zero hour and onto the main show itself, <laughs> we had four matches on the zero hour. So this this crowd, uh, firstly, the biggest final battle uh, attendance that they've ever had. <laughs> I um, saw somebody on Facebook said, oh, great. They sold out a 500 person crowd. <laughs> I was like, yeah, man, but it's Ring of Honor. Like, Yeah. And that you know what? That, there was empty seats. I saw it while we were while the show was on. Uh, it, it is what it is. Honestly, like I think that they did a really great job making the show look important. The lighting. The lighting, which is a problem that Ring of Honor has always had, looked phenomenal. This looked like a primetime wrestling show. Yeah, it and was, had a lot of talent too. Yeah, even the like the the smaller trons and not as high as production value as like AEW TV has, or obviously not even fucking close to anything that uh, even NXT has. But they've got the they've got the big money corporation behind them, right? Ring of Honor. Right. Uh, yeah, okay, it's it's technically owned by uh, by AEW and Tony Khan. Um, it still had a very super indie feel to it. But uh, the trons that they were using and the entranceway, it really gave like an old school like uh, like late '90s raw feel. 
Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, before we get into the main card, I do want to talk about a point that Tony Khan made in the press conference afterwards. People have been wondering where Ring of Honor television is going to land, and it has been announced uh, to a great bit of disappointment. And I don't know if you've heard yet. Ten bucks yeah. a month. <laughs> yeah, so th the announcement was made that they have revamped Honor Club and that they are going to uh, put the television show weekly on there in the new year. Obviously, more announcements to come as to when that's going to start happening. The pay-per-views will be on a 90-day delay. And, of course, the, the I mean, it's, it's a much sought-after uh, library, I think, the Ring of Honor library, considering mm -hmm. the biggest wrestling stars in the world did come from there. Um, so while... I, I think that there is some positive. It is a lot of negative. Uh, this is not what you want to hear coming out of all the work that Tony Khan's put into this promotion over the last year. I think this is him taking a step back and realizing that he cannot stretch himself, stretch himself over two promotions, head of creative for both. I think he does need some help. And I hope that this is, I hope that this is just a, a temporary place to put this show while they're suited or while they're looking for suitors. They should put um, it on I, fight, man. Just keep it yeah, on fight. I, I agree. Uh, I, I And certainly that's where the pay-per-views are still going to be. Pay-per-views are still going to be available on Fight TV. Um, and honestly, I think uh, what we, he did say that he thinks that New Japan is going to jump on with this and hopefully make this a bigger deal, so, which I think is a good thing. But I don't think New Japan is all you need. I think you also add impact to that. Because Impact mm. also has a library that, well, some of it is absolute garbage. Some of it is gold. And these are companies that if you team together and work with, you can make this a, a, a wrestling uh, streaming service that is is absolutely worth everyone's time. Yeah. Yeah. I, said, I think there's too many players to, to make that a reality, honestly, because I, I don't think Impact's going to play nicely with that. But it would be kind of cool to get uh, even some special shows in there, you know, get get some Impact, get some New Japan, uh, like get some NWA in there. You know, like NWA, they basically uh, they, they just do their YouTube stuff, right? Power is on YouTube, I think. Yeah. So, I mean, and they've got some I, interesting I, talent on there. But uh, yeah, get, get something to go with. Like, Fuck, man, get some PWG on there, but PWG I don't think will ever play nice, too, because they'll just cut in their DVD sales, which is, like, <laughs> the only fucking wrestling company today that's still relying solely on DVD sales. Uh, it works for them, though. That's the thing. Yeah. Is they still sell, and they still it's still a very sought-after DVD. Uh, getting into the main card, our opening match was Blake Christian and AR Fox. AR Fox making his uh, debut in Ring of Honor against La Faction in Gnobrele. Ooh, my Spanish is not good. <laughs> um, consisting of Roosh and Dra Dralistico, his other brother, um, uh, the, 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 the triple threat being, uh, Roosh, Dralistico, wow, shit, and, um, and Dragon Lee, um, yeah. Jose the Assistant and Preston Vance were at ringside with them, uh, this was a really fun opening tag match, I thought that this was great, I was not expecting Blake Christian and Air Fox to go over, I think they fucked up that ending. You think so? I think they fucked up that ending. Like they were, there's a lot of surprise in the face there. Like um, the 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 match was fine. Like I'm like I had I had no idea who the hell the two guys that uh, that were facing the old big Rouge man was, but Rouge had some really stellar looking offense that looked like I would not have wanted to be in the ring uh, across from him. It looks like he was very stiff and very powerful. Um, and then they got that three count that looked like oh shit. That wasn't supposed to happen. Maybe it did because they had the attack afterwards and everyone went over and seemed to be all happy. But it, uh, the crowd thought it was a uh, was was obviously a mistake as well because the the chance of you fucked up were 
very very loud after the uh, after the bell rang. But uh, not a bad opening match, I guess. I just like I said, I just didn't really know anyone, know too many of the players involved. And, uh, you know, Roosh and Brother uh, still, obviously, the, uh, you know, just, just really, really good uh, wrestlers. So kind of sucks that they lost, but hey, it is what it is. Um, after this match, we had Athena going one-on-one with Mercedes Martinez for the our Ring of Honor Women's World Championship. This match went about 13 minutes. Uh you mentioned before that you thought that it was kind of short. Uh, do you think this may, maybe would have benefited off of five extra minutes? Um, maybe if a little more happened. I find, uh, like, don't get me wrong, Mer- Mercedes Martinez is an absolute legend in her sport, but you can tell like she's getting hurt a little more frequently. She's been off TV. She's she's slowing down. She looked a little sloppy in there tonight, I think, but Athena, I thought, looked really, really good. Um, I know there's been a little bit of controversy lately because they're, they're saying that Athena's kind of a stiff uh, a stiff wrestler and uh i don't know man i think these two work really well together they obviously have a lot of history as the uh the the package uh, prior to this match going on showed um it was it was a decent match though i mean regardless of a little bit of sloppiness or anything else the only the the, the big thing i had with this uh was the uh the eclipse there athena's top rope finisher i obviously haven't seen much of athena lately uh, I haven't been really tuning into the weekly product. I did not realize they changed the Eclipse's name to the O-Face. Not the greatest name in my, uh, <laughs> in my opinion. <laughs> I, I agree with you on that. I thought these two women showed out. Uh, I thought Athena looked great. Her heel persona is something that I feel like is a complete and utter fresh coat of paint for her. And I, minus the googly eye that yeah. she was uh, sporting for a time period in the match, which I feel like was completely and utterly unnecessary. I thought that, yes, they worked great together. They did highlight the fact that this woman ha- had a few, ma- or had a match in Toronto with, uh, with a lady named, what was it, Jody Threat or something like that. Yeah, some uh, where, where That's where the controversy comes from, where apparently afterwards the officials were kind of like, hey, you guys look pretty stiff out there. And uh, again, Athena's been around for a long time. This was... Uh, this was, uh, I think, a great moment for her being like right close to her hometown. You saw her parents in the in the audience afterwards, who looked obviously just very proud to be there. Uh, she was very emotional after winning this championship, and I'm I'm not like don't get me wrong. When AEW brings in these WWE characters and they kind of just fall by the wayside, we're talking about guys like Andrade and Miro. And, and whatever. I don't feel like Athena has necessarily fallen so far. Don't get me wrong. She hasn't been highlighted as good as she could have been. But I think that this is the perfect starting point for her. I think Ring of Honor is a nice place for her to kind of, you know, get some great matches under her belt. Certainly, we're picking up more and more uh, female talent. Like I mentioned off the top, Willow Nightingale, Trisha Dora. Those are two women that I think would have great matches with Athena. So the future looks good for her. And I'm happy to see that, like I said, that she's getting this spotlight you mentioned Mercedes Martinez is a legend in women's wrestling. And I'm sure she's not going anywhere anytime soon. But uh, I, I, I don't think that she necessarily needs to be champion. I think this belt means more being on Athena. And we'll see where it goes from here. Yeah. Yeah. I, as I said, I think you brought a good point up where it's like Athena is not getting buried or at least fallen, uh, fallen from grace uh, as hard as some of the other words are. And I mean, it's shitty timing because of the, uh, the injury and all, but like, she's still getting treated better than Roby Soho is. 
honestly. So, I mean, there's, there's always that. So I was just like, man, I don't know where the hell Ruby's been. Don't know where the hell Miro has been, but apparently injuries have been involved. So we'll see, uh, we'll see how AEW can pick that up, but we're not talking about AEW. We are talking about ring of honor. Please tell me about the next match on the card. Swerve in our glory. Swerve Strickland and Keith Lee, who, man, they have been playing footsie with each other about this breakup for quite some time now. Yeah. Up against Shane Taylor promotions, which consists of Shane Taylor and JD Griffey. Uh, Shane Taylor is amazing. This guy is not a body. He is not somebody who you look at and you immediately think, oh, this guy's going to be a phenomenal worker. I think he's a phenomenal worker. The size of this man, the speed of this man, him and Keith Lee, all their back and forth stuff, especially with the history that they have with one another. Um, just tremendous, absolutely tremendous. I thought that these two are these four looked great against each other. Um, I don't. I'm, I'm kind of over this uh, this whole swerve in our glory breakup. I, I I think that it wasn't necessary on this card. I would have been just as happy seeing Keith Lee and Shane Taylor have a one on one match. Yeah. Um, but I thought again, this was a great tag match. I thought that JD Griffey is a guy who I'd like to see more of. Like he, he had a few spots. I, I think he's he he's he's cool. He's got uh, some interesting moves and stuff. He's so fucking tall, though, man. Like it, this ain't the actual UFC, bro. Like he he's not fighting other you know 170 pound dudes. Like he needs he needs to put on some beef if he wants to be taken seriously. But uh, he looked good though. I'll give him that. Uh-huh. Him, uh, the whole this whole match for me, obviously they were selling the whole uh, Servant of Glory breakup, but they did it very well. It was very classic tag team wrestling breakup, right up to the you know you you get the the force tag in. There was uh, the cold shoulder during the entrance, uh, the refusal to get in and to fight when uh, when you know the guy needed him, and then when he goes for the tag, he just jumps off and he leaves he leaves the match completely. Yeah, so, and and the, I, I will say, uh, commentary. How did you feel about commentary on this show? Uh, I'll be honest, man. I was going through, I wasn't really paying attention to the commentary. Okay. It was, I found Fair it enough. was very white bread overall. Like it was, it, it, not that it was like forced. It just, it wasn't super exciting. Like, I I think it needed Kevin Kelly, honestly. I, uh, I am not a fan of Ian Riccoboni. I've always made this very clear. I don't get me wrong. Like nothing personal against the guy. Like he seems like he's very passionate about this company. He's been there for 10 years. So certainly like he is the the voice of ring of honor now. And I understand how you don't really want to move forward without him. Um, he had, uh, what's his name? God, I feel terrible that I don't know this. Um, who did he have with him? Uh, Caprice Coleman. Caprice Coleman, I feel like, has moments of really, really great work, but also, like, I'll put it to you this way. I watched both this and uh, the NXT show that took place last night, and uh, the only thing that saved this commentary for me was the fact that Booker T is horrible. (laughs) Like, he is a frontrunner for worst commentator of the year for me. Um, Yeah, I just, I thought that, that he was so bad that it made this not so bad. But there is that. So this match ended with uh, J.D. Griffey going for a high kick and and taking out Shane Taylor after Swerve Strickland had already walked out on Keith Lee after being struck by him. Keith Lee was still able to win this match, though. Yeah, Um, I don't know. What do you think? I, I, I don't like it. I feel like Shane Taylor needs this win more. Keith Lee is a guy who I feel like we're... He's and and same with Swerve Strickland. They're AEW guys. If they're yeah. gonna break up, why do they still need to get the win? 
Yeah. Like, yeah. I, I think Shane Taylor's been a guy who has been very dedicated to Ring of Honor for the last, oh, God, like, oh, going on eight, 10 years, years now at this like point. That, yeah. Yeah. Like, he, he's been very, very loyal to this company, and I feel like this win was would have been better. And, and what does Keith Lee, what does he need this win for? Like, it wouldn't have made him look any worse to lose to Shane Taylor. It's a guy who's bigger than him. Yeah. And you yeah. don't get that very often. And not so, only that, but they were getting their asses hand. Like, uh, Keith was getting the double beat down, and he was just about to lose. Like, what? what is the... There was nothing nothing that would have been like, oh, fuck, that's bullshit, or that's unfair, or, or Keith got screwed. or, And if they did, it all would have led into the the whole purpose of it. It's like, oh, well, okay, it's going to feed into his his feud with Shane, like, or uh, with Swerve. Like, Swerve left him in the ring to get his ass kicked, and he lost. But then he won. So it's like, what the fuck? Where's the, I don't know, a, a weird booking decision. Weird yeah, booking absolutely. decision. Uh, the match uh, went about, like, 13, almost 14 minutes. I, I thought they had lots of great time. And, and it, again, it was a nice building pr uh, program for Shane Taylor promotions. I just, again, feel like the, the ending kind of missed with the mark. Yeah. Up, I next, agree. The, up next was the six man tag team championships uh, uh, in ring of honor, the embassy, which consists of Brian cage, Khan, and Toa Leona with Prince Nana in the corner, of course, up against Dalton castle and the boys, Brandon Tate and Brent Tate. Um, you mentioned off air that you're not a big castle fan. I will say this about Dalton Castle is when it comes to turning up the turning up your personality to 11 and being as flamboyant and boisterous as possible feel like this character hits it on all and that entrance is is tremendous. The entrance yeah. is just absolutely tremendous. He's he, not the greatest worker in the world and he is kind of a, a goofball, but I I feel like he fits and especially in this division. I it's just I mean to to me he's very similar as the um uh as the velveteen dream like he falls into that same kind of like androgynous like trying to make you uncomfortable like not clearly not as like uh as bad as it was with like gold dust when he was starting but he falls into that same kind of character which the whole point is to try to make you know the straight neck beard fucking you know virgin incel wrestler fans uncomfortable but it's like 2022 and i think they just try too hard man like it's not it's like yeah okay like he tries making that too much of his character i think um i just i i just don't get him man it's just not he's just not for me i'm sure he's a great dude well i mean if rumors are to be had maybe not but uh <laughs> you know overall it's like i said he does what he's uh what he does i don't think he's ever going to be a massive star but he's certainly over in ring of honor and uh yeah, that, he's, that crowd he's, he's loves not a, him and he's not he's not a bad worker like the match itself was was pretty decent i con fucking looks like a million bucks dude yeah, that is guy, absolutely that guy's a wwe contract away oh from yeah being a millionaire that oh, guy's yeah. and let's i want to do a little bit of research on this guy because they called him a few different nicknames on this show. Khan, um, he's an American. This guy is just, oh my God, he's built like a brick shithouse. Dude has the look. Uh, he looked fucking mean. He looks like, he would look like what I imagine, because uh, I, I didn't really, if I were to see WWE 2022 today and I look at Roman Reigns, Khan is someone that I would think of like, oh, that's like Roman Reigns in NXT. You know, like he just has that same kind of fucking look and feel to him. The dude has an amazing look. Um, I kind of fired through this match pretty quick, so I didn't really get a whole huge chance of him other than uh, some of the stuff that him and Cage were doing, especially for the ending, looked super fucking impressive. Uh, Brian Cage, from all reports, he's hard to work with and he's kind of, uh, you know, there, there's stuff in the background that, you know, we don't necessarily uh, hear about all the time. Um, 
but the dude's got the guy's got money written all over man i don't know if maybe it's some of the like the terror or the uh tessa blanchard thing going on you know maybe they're, they're just difficult to work with and no one wants to to actually push him like that but fuck he looks like a million bucks and he's got he's got the he he is a wicked worker Absolutely. Uh, Toa Leona, to a lower degree, I feel like looked just fine, too. The boys are there to just take all the nasty bumps, and I think they oh, did that did just they fine. <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. Dalton Castle's there to, to provide the entertainment for the match. I feel like he hit it on all cil- cil- cylinders, and it was only 10 minutes. So yeah. like it didn't it didn't overstay its welcome and the embassy ended up going over and taking the uh, world six man tag team championships. Uh, I think the right decision. Um, Dalton Castle and the boys are a fun uh, trio, but when they're essentially they're his managers, right? So yeah. as much as they are wrestlers, it, it is what it is in that, uh, in that aspect. Um, I thought, again, I'm, I'm very excited to see what the embassy can do in the future. I think it's the perfect spot for Brian cage. And like we said, con, Oh, this guy's a star. I can't wait to see. Yeah. I, I'm so excited for his 2023. Yeah. Now that said, when Dalton, the first uh, little back and forth after he was getting his ass kicked and he darted out of the ring to like hulk up and fucking get all fired up that was beautiful like he's in there they're counting him out he's just running around the ring like making love to the camera like that was pretty good um up next we had wheeler yuda up against daniel garcia for the ring of honor pure championship uh you're not a fan are you i don't like i don't like the pure matches I like both yeah. these guys. Like I like Wheeler and I like Garcia. I think they put on a decent match and these guys can definitely go. I don't like the peer rules. Yeah. It's just, it's, <sighs> it's, it's, it can be a lot for, uh, for uh, a lot of wrestling fans. Cause it is, there's so many rules that you feel like half the time you're trying to remember if this is legal. What, and, and a lot of them are so unnecessary, no closed fists or one, what you're allowed one closed fist. Like in pro wrestling, closed fists are so like, no one really does it. You know what yeah. I mean? So like, it doesn't make any sense um, for me anyway. I, I don't mind the rope break rule. I think that one works just fine. But again, I just feel like there are too many rules. I didn't mind this match. I I, I think that Wheeler Yuta going over is an interesting decision. Uh, I don't know where you're going with that. I feel like Garcia is kind of the best guy for this title, considering his style of wrestling. Whereas Yuta has really been shown to be a lot more of a violent wrestler over the last like year or so since he's been in the Blackpool Combat Club or or just the Combat Club. I, don't I know was going to say, yeah, this. are they going to are they going to remove the Blackpool from it now that Regal's gone? Who knows? I we'll see. We'll see. Um, I thought again, this match was, was just there 15 minutes almost. It it uh, it didn't hurt this show by any stretch of the imagination, but I'm with you with the pure rules. I just feel like it's too many rules and it's too hard to. Uh, and whereas, especially the, the the match following that was just no rules. Yeah. So like it was, and, and we're gonna get right into it. Wheeler Yuta, like I said, went over Garcia in about 15 minutes, but match 10 was the match that I think everybody was most excited for. It was the Briscoes, Jay and Mark Briscoe up against FTR for the Ring of Honor World Tag Team Championships in a double dog collar match. Now, Mick, you're not a fan of this match. I'm not the style a, of match, right? The match type, the gimmick, as I said, I know it, it just, I don't know what it is. I know it's a, it's super violent and it gets done. I just don't like tether matches. And that's just cause, and there's a lot of creative things they can do with it. But to me, I find it's just kind of, eh, it's just not, it's not what excites me now. And again, and that's completely objective. Like, I mean, the, this could be someone else's favorite type of match. I'm not shitting on it. It's just, to me, I just don't get overly excited about it. However, the tornado tag, feature in it made it a little more interesting and holy shit it was violent there was yeah. so much blood 
Yeah. Like uh, the, the Briscoes bleed, but like this time I think the blood briscoed. <laughs> like, yeah. It was so bad. <laughs> it was Jay was cut so bad. Mark was at different times of the match too. Like uh, Dax Hardwood and Cash Wheeler, everyone bled in this match. The referee bled in this oh match. My God. The referee's blade job was better than most. The fucking ring bled, man. Like, <laughs> yeah, they, they had to change the canvas for this or after this match. That's for sure. And what I thought was amazing is in the following match, you're getting rope breaks where they're taking their hands off the ropes and the ropes are covered in blood. Yeah. Like this was, a, I thought this was a tremendous match. I thought the double dog collar feature, like you said, added something to the dog collar match. I think that it's better with four guys as opposed to two, because there's always something going on. The, the cameras have got to stay uh, paying attention to all these guys because there's just, again, the, the amount of violence in this match was absolutely incredible. Surprisingly, the Briscoes went over in just an absolutely amazing sequence where Jay Briscoe superplexed uh, Dax Hardwood on uh, Harwood, sorry, onto uh, a, a bunch of chairs and then locked him in like a cross face with the chain. And he didn't tap. He passed out. Uh, Cash Wheeler tried to come in and break it up, but Mark kept him uh, yeah. uh, tethered on the outside. So you had there shades was a... of the DIY end there yes. where they're, they're holding him back while he's in a cross face. But the, the, I don't know if you kind of skipped over this there. For me, the absolute highlight was that goddamn superplex or the, uh, the, the toss with the chain over the top where, uh, oh, I can't remember which Briscoe it was, but he went, he, he basically somersaulted from the top rope down to the floor on top of a stack of steel chairs. I'm like, Oh, that, that his back's fucked. He's dead. Like oh, yeah. that, that yeah. did not look fucking comfortable in the least. And you throw this guy that you're tethered to, <laughs> you're getting pulled off with him. Like, well, it's, it's something that I think that the uh, commentators really made a good amount of or paid a good at amount of attention to was all your chops, stuff like that. You're also hitting the chain. So yeah. you're hurting yourself in the process of trying to hurt your opponent. Uh, this match is my lead candidate for match of the year. I, I thought this was absolutely tremendous. I think these two teams have had a great trilogy. It's I'm sad to see FTR uh, lose the titles, but uh, if you're going to lose the titles in a match like this, I'm happy it was as good as it was. I think there nobody lost any respect for uh, FTR after this match. If anything, it got only stronger. Yeah. Um, and Jay and Mark Briscoe have reinvented themselves in an era of tag team wrestling with AEW and Ring of Honor, obviously. That has just been like they've had three pay-per-views this year. Every single one has featured a match between the Briscoes and FTR. And I mean, yeah. we've seen what we've seen two of them now. Yeah. And both of them were tremendous. They're both very good. Let's. Uh, I think the Briscoes are making uh, a very good name for themselves, sticking with their Ring of Honor, because we know that there's some controversy there where uh, the execs don't want them on AEW TV. So probably not going to see much of the Briscoes up that way uh, unless the rules change. But they've got a very comfortable place now in Ring of Honor. And honestly, at the end of the day, regardless of whatever happened in the past, it's nice to see some of these guys who have uh, some absolute history in the business. They've got a, still a home to call their own. So it's nice to see the Briscoe's got somewhere to at least work. Uh, FTR doesn't need Ring of Honor at all. These guys... Uh, I imagine someday FTR is going to go back to WWE and they likely will get treated much, much better when WWE with uh, Triple H at the helm. Um, but until then, man, just let these guys do what they're doing. And I imagine before too long, they're going back after the AEW straps at the very least. Uh, absolutely. Uh, we the, After the match, uh, the, the ass boys pulled <laughs> into the ring to continue to beat up uh, FTR. 
which the announcers completely announced in that way. They came out, it's like, holy shit, it's the guns. And so he's like, oh man, the ass boys are here. <laughs> uh, this led to the Briscoes coming back out and scaring them off. Um, Cash Wheeler, then I love the sequence where he's talking to talking on one of the microphones, but he's not even holding it or or standing up. He's laying face first on the ground, just basically saying that they're going to kick their asses. Yeah, um, I thought that was tremendous. And then the Briscoes help them up. They have their big moment where they're all um, they're all getting their hands raised. And at this point, it's just the amount of carnage that this match had was on full display as Jay Briscoe is just gushing blood. Mark Briscoe is gushing blood. And the, and the poor uh, team of FTR came in with white trunks and they were not white by the time this match was over. I, I, and I feel as if that was a deliberate thing. Uh, same yes. as when, uh, when the guns came in, they were wearing, I think both of them were wearing white shoes and I think Colton, one, one of them was shirtless and the other one had a white shirt on too. And they were all completely covered in blood by the end of their assault as well. Uh, so, I mean, it's a program for FTR to go into. I'm not a big gun club guy, but at the same time, like, I would like to see them get better and I would like to see them move forward. And FTR is the perfect team to get them. Yeah. To that position. Gives them, gives them something to do. Um, and FTR is, uh, you know, they're, they're super, uh, decorated these days. They, they're still the AAA, uh, tag champions. They're still the IWGP world heavyweight tag team champions. So these guys have still got a lot on the go and, uh, yeah, man, if you can, you know, start elevating some of that, uh, tag team, programming on AEW because let's face it i mean uh aw still does tag team way better than wwe does because they don't consider it an afterthought and uh yeah man i'm all for it i don't mind it at all gun club is uh you know they're let, let's see if they can come as the uh get, get out of that comedic relief role and actually be taken seriously because uh it'd be nice to see absolutely uh samoa joe defended his ring of honor uh television championship against juice robinson Wow, Juice Robinson looks great. He I, looks he's looking kind of slim these days, I think. Yeah, I, I he is slimmed down, but also he's put on all the right muscle. I thought this match was this was I think Joe's best match since he's come back to wrestling yes. since his WWE run. Yeah. He was working at a great pace. These guys got about uh, just about 14 minutes and it was just front to front, front to back just great. Uh Joe ended up getting the win by pinfall. Uh what are your thoughts? I, I enjoy this. Uh, and the announcers sold uh, juice really well. I know that in the opening, the opening uh, few seconds of the match there, they're trading off blows uh, just like straight punches to each other. And as Joe is known to do, he kind of, he's just like eating the power shots and carrying on. But the commentary kept saying, talking about, it's like, Oh, you know, Joe usually goes through and rolls with these hits. Like it doesn't do anything. He's like, but juice Robinson is hurting him right now. Like he is hurting him. And I thought they worked really well together. Like I said, I, I, I agree with you. I think uh, Joe was feeling, I think he was feeling more like himself in this match. And uh, you know, obviously some of those uh, nagging injuries are, he wasn't dealing with nearly as bad now. And it was a fucking great match. Um, still not how I feel about the, the Samoa Joe, wwe ripoff uh version of his song um <laughs> but i mean as character work he's it's still he's he's been the same guy on tv since early the early 2000s you know so there's just yeah. you, you know what you're gonna get when when you're watching a samoa joe match and this was it was classic samoa joe um i will say i love the the king of television moniker that he's yes. dubbed himself with i think that's great yeah, being tv both champion the, and the tnt and, or the yeah tnt champion 
I, I think it was great and a great great showing for Joe. Great showing for Juice Robinson. I hope Juice Robinson I, he he has signed with AEW, so I'd like to see him uh, really be able to go forward. And I would love to see a pairing with him and Tony Storm. Like they're already together, mm. you might as well put them together. And Tony Storm, I think a fresh coat of paint for her would be a heel run. Her yeah. and Juice together, I think would be great. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, all she has to do is lean into the OnlyFans thing, right? <laughs> she just sits there playing, playing a little more like Scarlet Bordeaux, and she's gonna not only is she gonna have a fresh coat of paint, but she's probably gonna make some money. <laughs> it's true. It's true. Our main event for Ring of Honor Final Battle 2022 was Claudio Castanoli and Chris Jericho for the Ring of Honor World Championship. If Claudio lost, he would have to join the Jericho Appreciation Society, <laughs> and he did not. What? He did not. What a what an absolute amazing outcome or not, not so much to the outcome, but just like the gimmick of that match. It's like, you have to appreciate me if I beat you. <laughs> like, um, this was uh, absolutely tremendous. I thought from both guys, Jericho, I'm sorry. People ha- want to crap on this guy all they want. Oh, he's old. Oh, it's tried and, and over. But this guy, everything he touches turns to gold. I think he is a guy who can transition himself into any character and make it work. Um, and Claudio has been nothing but a war horse since he got yep. here. Every single time he's in the ring, it's entertaining. Him and Jericho, I think, have great chemistry with one another. Yeah, they and always I have. love the Yes, absolutely. I love the ending of this match too. I thought, how fucking creative was that? Yeah. Because no one's ever done that before. Yeah, tapped out of the big swing, which was yes. crazy. And I didn't see it either. I was like, oh, that was man, that's new. That's fresh. It's cool. He starts flailing his arms. And he's just like, fuck this. I can't take it anymore. Starts tapping. And Claudio looked like he was surprised. Almost yes. like he's like, holy shit, I won with that, which I thought was the perfect reaction. Like, I can't believe it. Then he's all dizzy. He's trying to, you know, raise the belt because now we have a new Ring of Honor world champion. And they made such a huge deal about Claudio Castanoli being one of the few people that are a multi-time Ring of Honor world champion, which is fucking awesome to see. Yeah. Absolutely. I thought that, again, both guys looked fantastic in this. I thought, Mick, I thought this was a really good Ring of Honor show. And I think it was it a was. really good. I thought it was a really good way for them to go off the year. I mean, yeah, there is some questions leading into what's going to happen in 2023. We're still wondering if if that TV deal is a permanent thing or if because, I mean, don't get me wrong, like as excited as I am that we're getting more wrestling streaming services. There's a lot of them now and a lot of them are free. Yeah, uh, 10. 10 bucks is the wrong price point, man, for Ring of Honor. Honestly, like, uh, I, I would like to just see, okay, Ring of Honor Weekly TV is going to be on Fight TV. If you have a Fight TV subscription, you're going to get all of them. And then sit there and four ninety nine for the for the Ring of Honor, you know, the Ring of Honor uh, Network Honor probably would have been yeah. fair. Because if you sit there, man, like <laughs> like WWE Network, they had a like a crazy price. And here in Canada, it's a little more expensive. Like, we pay 20 bucks a month for, for WWE Network. But the network is such a huge service. They have all sorts of original TV shows because WWE is still entertainment. So they have a bunch of like the podcast style shit. They've got a bunch of like skit shows. They've got their reality TV shit on there. They've got all sorts of stuff. And they were charging $10 a month US for that network. And everyone knew, yes, it was at a loss. Plus the pay-per-views were included, everything else. That is a multi-billion dollar corporation that can get away with that shit. But when you've got ring of honor they've got a long-standing history but at the end of the day they're still an independent wrestling promoter i would not have paid ten dollars a month for like defiant or um 
uh, WCPW or or like ICW. Like I would not have paid ten dollars a month for any of those. I would probably pay ten dollars a month if they were all on the same network to see it. But just Ring of Honor, I think they're pricing themselves out of uh, the competition. That's just my that's just my view. Yeah, and I I couldn't agree with you more on that. I think it's a really risky decision. I mean, hopefully it there is some new Japan or some sort of other connection that they can. Uh, you know, I mean, because honestly, if, if you're going to put New Japan pay-per-views on there, you're also going to put New New Japan, uh, like U.S. edition on there. Then I think you're giving the, the fan a little bit more, but sure. I don't think I still don't think it's enough. No, um, and they're going through with the, the like the whole forbidden door and all that stuff. Like AEW is really trying to be the glue that holds like the super indies together. Um, but yeah, man, like if that was the case, I'd almost want. AEW programming to be on there put it all together and then maybe talk about 10 bucks a month but i don't think just ring of honor man i don't think it's gonna i i don't think that was the right move i i couldn't agree more uh mick out of a mark of five what are you going to give this pay-per-view i am going to give it an honorable four and a half i really enjoyed it even though that there was definitely some slower <laughs> points of the show for myself um there is definitely it, it gets you interested of Ring of Honor, and I think, I want to say that all the right people won. I don't think I was angry with any of the, the finishes at all. The first match was kind of a weird ending, uh, but for all the championships and all of the uh, the title changes, everything else, I think all the right people won tonight. So yeah, four and a half, man. An honorable four and a half. I, I couldn't agree with you more. I'm going to give it four and a half as well. Um, Mick, before we get into the socials, I just do want to talk a little bit about uh, what the channel has coming for the next few weeks. So uh, anyone who tunes into Wednesday Night Wall Weekly has noticed that we have not been doing our weekly show. We have been getting our Christmas shows prepared for you. Kyle and I have also been covering the World Cup on Ryland's Morning Sports Report. There's two episodes dropped already on that. There is one more coming once the World Cup does wrap. That'll probably drop in the new year. Uh, we also have a new brand new show coming in the new year called Drive to Rewind, where Kyle and I are going to be looking back on the Drive to Survive series, uh, the Formula One series that Netflix does, uh, and hopefully get more interest going for that. I, we're, it's a very big passion project for me and Kyle. We've got new music for it. We're, we're very excited to, to get into this. So uh, that will drop in the new year as well. But in December, you are getting a Wednesday Night Rewind where myself and Kyle go back and visit NXT land for the first time in a long time. And we watched uh, TakeOver Brooklyn 1 featuring Ooh. Bailey versus Sasha in their first encounter. Uh, uh, Joe versus Baron Corbin when Baron Corbin was uh, promising. And uh, and Finn Balor versus Kevin Owens in a ladder match for the NXT title, which was a great match as well. We yeah. that that review should be coming out in the next few weeks. Uh, Ryland's Morning Sports Report is going to be um, having a show drop on Christmas Eve that will feature myself, Kyle, and Nate Milton as we sit down to talk about the biggest sports stories in the world uh, that happened in 2022, as well as a little bit of wrestling because we don't have Nate on that often. So it's always uh, nice to chat a little wrestling. So we'll probably talk the big wrestling stories of the year as well. Kyle and I have recorded our Christmas Day show already. So Christmas Day, look for the two Christmas lists that Kyle and I have for this year, which is the top five wrestling video games of all time as well as the top 10 characters in wrestling video games of all time. Ooh. So, yes, it's a lot of fun. We also, I also break uh, the Winnipeg uh, Dynamite and Rampage news to Kyle on that show. So you get a live reaction from Kyle on that, and he's very excited for that. Cool. Is he attending? It looks to be the that he will be attending in March. Nice. So, That'll be very cool to see. 
Yes, absolutely. Um, God, what else do we have? Oh, Jagger's Eve is coming, ladies and gentlemen. Jagger's Eve featuring myself, DK, Kyle, RJ, and his girlfriend, Kobe, where we're going to run through our Spotify wrapped lists. We're going to talk about uh, our favorite sit-down restaurants to uh, eat at. We're going to review James Bond 25, No Time to Die. And, uh, yeah, I'm sure there's going to be a plethora of other things happening. A lot of Jagger being drank on that. Nice. And to end the year... When I could not, I can't not mention the Wednesday Night Wallop Awards are returning. The best and the worst of 2022 will be featured. It's been a hard year for the worst. It's been a lot hmm. of great wrestling in 2022. So I have been talking for far too long now about what's coming. Mick, why don't you tell the fine folks who listen to our podcasts where they can find you on social media? Well, uh, other other than, uh, you know, running my mouth on the various Facebook uh, platforms on all sorts of wrestling pages where you'll see all sorts of my hot takes under, uh, you know, my, my name, Mick Holly. If you see me, you know, give me a like and, uh, you know, try to fight me because I bet you I'll win. Uh, other than that, you can find me on Twitter at, uh, at Hollywood788. Hollywood is spelled H-A-W-L-E-Y and then Wood, common spelling. And uh, if you want to fight me on Twitter, go ahead because I probably won't answer you. But, uh, you know, <laughs> your luck is your own. So uh, carry on and follow. <laughs> If you want to find any of the podcasts that are featured on our network, you can find us on Twitter at WN Wallop, on Instagram at WN Wallop, on Facebook, just type in Wednesday Night Wallop. Look for myself and Kyle Joseph's name. Yeah, that's where you can find us. On Twitter, I am at R-Y-A-M Sport Report. And you can listen to our podcast on Spotify, Deezer, Amazon Music. We're trying to get on Apple. It's happening. That's our 2023 goal, Apple. I think we said this last year, too. Um, <laughs> it, it's a process, but we're getting there. Uh, you can find us Google Podcasts as well. So with all that being said, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much. Happy holidays to everyone and enjoy the holiday season. You've been listening to a Wallop Media podcast. You can find us on Twitter at Wallop Media. The hosts of our shows are Rylan, Kyle, and DK. You can find Rylan on Twitter at Rylan Wallop and Kyle on Twitter at Kyle Wallop. Production is by RJ Spearin. You can find his work at facebook.com slash spearkingco. Logo designs are by Maisie Mulder. You can find her work on her website, maisiemulderdesigns.com. Our podcasts are hosted by Acast. You can listen to them on the podcast catcher of your choice or on our website, shows.acast.com slash wallopmedia.